Hey y'all, Rochelle here. And Lynn. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate and review us on your podcast platform. Or share us on social media so more folks out there can join the Idgits and Aspets family. And don't forget to subscribe as well so you automatically have our newest episodes. Okay, so today we're talking about Season 8, Episode 17, called Goodbye Stranger. We start in a warehouse. It's night. Dean comes around the corner with his gun drawn. He brings his gun up, but it's struck down. And then Dean is struck down. Very dramatically. (laughs) Castiel appears over him. Dean says, no, Cass, no! And he raises a hand towards Cass. But Cass breaks his wrist, and we hear the bone snap. I, at this point in my viewing, was like, what the fuck is going on? I know, I didn't, I was, that's my first little, like, note. It was like, I definitely don't remember this. Yeah. (laughs) And I am not okay with it, you know? It was very upsetting. Like, did I miss this episode? You know, like, what is going on? Yeah. So Dean groans in pain and says, no, Cass, don't. And Cass looms over him and raises his angel blade. Dean says, please. But Cass stabs the weapon into Dean's chest, and he chokes. Then Cass wrenches the blade out of Dean's chest, and Dean falls back dead. Again. What the fuck is going on? (laughs) Okay, um, no. None of this is okay. So we hear a click of switches and the buzz of electricity, and then the lights come on. Naomi, the angel, walks into the room. She says, no hesitation. Quick. Brutal. Everything's back in order. And she smiles at Cass. She says, finally. We see a close-up of Cass's face. It's expressionless. She says, you're ready. And then the camera pulls back from Dean to where we can see that the entire floor of the warehouse is covered with bodies in various positions, all bloodied, all dead, all Dean. (laughs) Yes. That is a lot of Dean Winchesters. That's a lot of dead Deans. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I do not like it. No. It made me feel a little better to see all of them, though, (laughs) because I was like, oh, so this is probably not him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, like... mm. Okay, yeah. Uh, Disturbing, but kind of nice at the same time. Yeah, like, (laughs) Then we get our opening title sequence, and then we cut to inside the bunker. It's night. We get a close-up of large wooden boxes, and we see a pair of hands reach into a box and pull out a smaller rectangular box with a glass lid. It's the tip of a spear. Uh, Dean says, what the hell is this? Mm Mm-hmm. And then he reads the contents of the box. He says, Spear of Destiny? What is this? God's toothpick? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) (laughs) We see Sam in the control room, typing away on his laptop. Dean says, you know, would have killed these asshats to label these boxes in something other than hieroglyphics. It's ridiculous. Dean picks up a small box, opens it and lifts out an object, and turns it over in his hands. He says, hey, you listening to me? Sam says, yeah, it's uh, fascinating stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Dean opens another smaller box and pulls out what looks like a Fabergé egg. Uh, Sam says, you should probably write it all down in your journal for the archives, you know? (laughs) Dean says, yeah, thanks. You're a lot of help. 
Great. <laughs> and he takes the um the egg out of the box and opens it. Then he sniffs it. <laughs> Makes a face like it smells like balls. Uh, I mean, sick. it looks like a ball. <laughs> <laughs> this ball smells like balls. <laughs> Um, Sam starts coughing in the background, and Dean says, Hey, Doc Holliday, you all right over there? Sam says, uh, yeah. And Sam coughs into a napkin, and when he pulls it away, it's bloody. He clears his throat and says, I'm fine. And Sam throws the bloody napkin into the trash can and says, Just a wrong pipe. And Sam takes a drink from his glass and coughs again. Um, I think that... You're doing the wrong thing there, Sam. <laughs> He's gonna know. <laughs> You're not that slick. No. <laughs> uh, so Dean is still st- uh, sorting through. Uh, wait, that was not not what I wanted to say. Dean is still sorting. Um, I guess just sorting. <laughs> and he pulls out a folder that contains an old magazine titled. Voluptuous Asian Lovelies. <laughs> Basically just a nicer way of saying busty Asian beauties. That's exactly right. Yep. He chuckles at the picture of the Asian woman on the cover holding a paper parasol. Um, Dean says, well, hello. And he flips through the old porn magazine. Dean says, these men of letters weren't so boring after all. Konnichiwa. Then <laughs> Hey, check this out. And Dean walks down to the control room holding the magazine for Sam to see. Sam says, dude, what's wrong with you? Dean says, what's wrong with me? Are you kidding me? This is a first edition, dude. (laughs) You know what this would go for on eBay? (laughs) Sam says, no. Why? Do you? Dean says, no. Maybe. Shut up. You find anything? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Sam says, I did, yeah. Uh, Dead bodies showing up all over the Midwest last week. Benton, Indiana, Downers Grove, Illinois, uh, Novi, Michigan, and then again last night in Lincoln Springs, Missouri. Dean says, and how is this us? Sam says, because each of the victims had severe burns around their eyes, hands, and feet, and puncture wounds through the backs of their hands eyes and internal organs were liquefied yuck dean says that sounds like us somebody's having a bad day (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) sam says yeah also no link between any of the victims uh one was a real estate agent another was a local historian the woman killed last night was a teacher dean says so chupacabra (laughs) and sam laughs just like yep this is what it is (laughs) yep dean says so what do we got power tools gone wrong Wait, are we talking a maximum overdrive situation here? Sam says, I don't know. Worth a shot, though. I'll grab my gear. We should probably leave in five. Dean says, "Mm mm-hmm. Still looking at the magazine. Sam says... (laughs) He is distracted. (laughs) Yeah. Sam says, unless, of course, she needs some more time with Miss October. Dean says, what? Oh, yeah, yeah. Make it ten. Ew. (laughs) Ew, Dean. (laughs) Yuck. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that is a closer relationship than I would ever want to have with any of my family members. <laughs> like, yep, give me five, ten minutes. Oh, yuck. <laughs> so Sam chuckles and then gets up and leaves. Dean puts down the magazine and sees the wastebasket. 
He holds it up and he sees the bloody napkin. Dun dun dun. Somebody's in trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so we cut to inside the Morton House living room. It's daytime. Sam says, We just have a few routine follow up questions about your wife, sir. Uh, did she have any enemies? Sam and Dean are wearing their fed suits. Uh, Mr. Morton says, Anne? Honestly, I can't think of a soul who'd want to hurt her, even after everything that happened. Dean says, everything that happened? Mr. Morton says... Because that's not suspicious. Yeah. (laughs) Mr. Morton says, about a week ago, something changed in Anne. She was out of sorts, not herself at all. Sam says, out of sorts, how? Mr. Morton says, it'll be better if I show you. And then he takes him down to the basement. (laughs) Which is ominous as fuck. Well, I don't want to know anymore. (laughs) You go down to the basement by yourself and bring it up. (laughs) I know. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Morton says she stopped sleeping. And he turns on a switch uh, that lights half the basement. He says she stopped eating. She went out in the middle of the night going God knows where. I tried to talk to her, but uh, she would just like mutter to herself. So Sam and Dean walk to the lip side of the basement where there's a large table covered with a miniature village, um, and little plastic bags dangle over the table. Just creepy. A little weird. (laughs) Sam says, about what? Mr. Morton says, something about an orchard. Uh, We get a better view of the contents on the table. It's a model replica of a village made out of metal containers, cardboard boxes, a birdhouse, and the whole thing is like a weird gray color. I think it's like made of clay or something. It looks kind of clay, yeah. 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 Uh, Mr. Morton says, finally, I just followed her one night, and she went to a playground uh, over here at the elementary school. And he points to a section that looks like the replica of a school and playground. He says, and she started digging. She would leave with these little bags full of dirt, hung them here. And we see the, a close-up of the dirt baggies hanging over the table. <laughs> he dirt says, pouches. Yeah. Right <laughs> he says, all these bags represent holes that she dug in the ground. Dean says, were these holes, I don't know, six feet deep? (laughs) Mr. Morton says, no, she dug for hours. She never broke a sweat. Straight down, 10, maybe 15 feet. Sam says, did you notice anything else? Mr. Morton says, I didn't say anything to the cops because I didn't want them to think I was crazy. Uh, After Anne came home, I came came down here to confront her and she was on the phone. Dean says, any idea who she was talking to? Mr. Morton says, no, but I know what I saw, and it wasn't my Annie. After I called her out, her eyes, they turned black. Now, I know I must have imagined it. I know I did, but I left. I went to a bar, probably had too much to drink, and by the time I came back, my Annie, she was... I should have stayed. I should have protected her. I'm moving into my sister's place today. I can't be here anymore. Sam says, sure. Well, uh, thank you very much for your time. We're both very sorry for your loss. And once they're outside, Dean says, so, somebody's killing demons. Well, that is awesome. I feel like we should send a card or flowers. (laughs) What kind of flower says, thanks for killing demons? I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Sam says, yeah, but who's killing demons and why? And, by the way, since when does a demon possess someone, then go all beautiful mind and start digging in the dirt? Does any of this seem right to you? 
Dan says, I like the part about killing demons. That sounds right. <laughs> That's all he's going to focus yeah. on. <laughs> so I cut to the Impala in a residential area. Uh, Sam is on the phone. He says, sure, of course. Well, thank you very much for all your help. I really appreciate the time. Sam and Dean get out of the car and close the doors. Sam says, all right, bye. And he closes his phone. Um, it must be a flip phone. Are they flip phoning this late into the game? Um, I mean, I guess they have a bunch of old cell phones. Yeah, so. I would. I think my guess is it's probably one of the um, like burner phones that they have or something. Or yeah, yeah. I don't know. yeah. Sam says so. Real estate guy's wife said he was acting weird. Uh, historians have you said the same. Just got all obsessive and then weird. No one saw any black eyes, but still, where there's smoke, you know. They walk up to a nice house. Sam says, I wonder what they're all looking for. Dean says, well, Wendy Rice here was the last person to speak with Anne, so let's see what she can tell us. So Sam knocks on the door of Wendy Rice's house. A woman answers the door, and she's got huge curlers all over her hair. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I was not expecting company. I know. God, that would be embarrassing. <laughs> I'd be like, um, yeah. uh, Sam says, Spe- Special Agent Lynn, this is my partner, Special Agent Tandy. We'd like to ask a few questions about Ann Morton. Wendy Rice says, oh. And then she plays with a curler. She says, of course. Please come in. I had never met her before she called the other night. Sam says, now, why was she calling you? Wendy says, she was looking to find an original map of the city. Sam says, did she say for what for? Wendy says, well, she didn't, but she did mention an old orchard that had gone missing. Dean says, missing? Wendy says, this town was wiped from the earth by one of the river's 100-year floods. It was rebuilt, but um, all the original records were lost. She smiles and plays with her curler again. She says, I'm a PhD candidate. She's like, I'm smart. Yeah. Like me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she says, and this, this is my research. I, uh, my dissertation is on the history of this town and its connection to the Underground Railroad and whatnot. Um, she says, I've been working to recreate a map for years as part of my research. And this, this is the old... Um, Jakubiak <laughs> Orchard there. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to go with it. <laughs> she points to a section on the map and says, I found out yesterday it's where Downey meets Bond Street. Sam says, now, did Anne say why she was looking for the site of the old orchard? Wendy says, no. We, uh, we set a time to meet, and she never showed. Then I read about her in the paper. It's just tragic. Anne's assistant called this morning, though, asking if I still had the map. Sam says, assistant, and then we hear several knocks on the front door. Wendy says, oh, that's probably him. Maybe he can help. And she gets up to answer the door. Sam and Dean follow her. Wendy says, oh, are you, uh, she has opened the door to find three men standing there, which I don't think is ever good, really. No, I would be like, um, so who are you? Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. <laughs> Their eyes go demon black when Sam and Dean show up behind Wendy. She screams. The demons barge in, and they all fight. Uh, Wendy is flung into the living room, and she smashes into the coffee table. Uh, The demon who tossed Wendy grabs the map and then runs out the door. Dean pulls out his demon-killing knife just before he stabs one of the demons 
Black smoke erupts from the demon's mouth and flies right into Wendy's mouth, possessing her, and her eyes go black. She gets up and runs toward another door. Dean chases her. Meanwhile, Sam is getting his ass handed to him by the third demon. Because <laughs> even though he's bigger than everybody, he still is always the one getting knocked out. <laughs> yep, I know. Uh, when suddenly the demon is burned out by a cast who tosses the body aside. Cass stands there holding Wendy by her curlers. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. So we cut to a short time later. Uh, we are in Wendy's living room. Dean says, put this on your shoulder. And he tosses a cold pack to Sam, who's sitting on the couch. Sam throws it on the floor and clears his throat. Dean, su- Dean sits down next to him. <laughs> and Cass walks in the room. Sam says, I'm fine. Cass says, the yeah, other- clearly. Yeah, <laughs> right. Cass says, the other demon escaped. I bound the one I caught in a devil's trap. I'm going to interrogate it now. Sam says, wait a second. Cass, how about you answer some questions first? Like, where the hell have you been? Dean says, you heard me, didn't you? Sam says, you prayed to him? Cass says, yes, I heard you, but that's not why I'm here. He sits down and sighs and says, I've been hunting demons. Sam says, so this is you. Why? Uh, then we cut to inside Naomi's office in heaven. Cass says, what should I tell them? Naomi says, the truth. Most of it anyway. Uh, Maybe they can get us closer. Cut back to Wendy's living room. Cass says, I've been searching for the other half of the demon tablet. Dean says, without us? Cass says, I've been trying to help Dean. And in my search, I uncovered that Crowley has sent demons out, has sent out demons (laughs) to find Lucifer's crypts. Dean says, Lucifer had crypts? Cass says, dozens of them, apparently. Sam says, but why the storage wars? I mean, what the hell are they all looking for? We cut to Naomi's office. Cass says, it would be more helpful if they knew everything. (laughs) Well, no kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, (laughs) that is true. (laughs) Naomi says, they cannot be trusted. Cass says, but... Naomi says, lie, Castiel. Tell them what we discussed. So we cut back to Wendy's living room. Cass says, they're looking for a parchment that would allow them to decipher Crowley's half of the demon tablet without a profit. Dean says, a demonic decoder ring in Crowley's hands? Awesome. (laughs) Cass says, the crypts were uh, lost over time. Only those closest to Lucifer knew their whereabouts. Sam says, then how did Crowley find them? Cass says, his demons have been possessing locals who may have some special knowledge. Sam says, that would explain the crazy room at Anne's house. But how do they know where to start looking in the first place? Cass says, I don't know. I'm hoping the strange-haired demon in the kitchen is more knowledgeable than the others I interrogated. (laughs) Strange-haired demon. (laughs) I mean... Uh, (laughs) Cass gets up from the chair and goes into the kitchen. Dean says... Well, he puts the ass in Cass, huh? And I just want to say... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I bet you want to put the ass in Cass. Oh, boy. <laughs> He's going to throw that out there. <laughs> Sam says, he's definitely off. Dean says, off? He hasn't been right since he got back from purgatory. We still don't know how he got out of there. Sam says, I don't know, Dean. If he's so sketchy, then why were you praying to him? Cass says... Uh, from the other room. You know, I can hear you both. I am a <laughs> celestial being. <laughs> uh, 
So the boys go into Wendy's kitchen. Wendy, uh, the demon, says, Sam and Dean Winchester. She is tied to the kitchen table. Uh, she laughs. Sam and Dean lean against the sink facing her. And passes to her the side. Wendy says, oh, the thoughts she had about you two. Mostly you, Sam. What can I say? She has a thing for smutton chops. <laughs> I'm not, like, I think I should be grossed out. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> smutton chops. I'm like, immediately, like, how can I work that into, like, everyday conversation with, like, my mom friends? <laughs> Well, unfortunately, I don't, think, way. I don't <laughs> think very many people have mutton chops, so. Well, shit. <laughs> Making fun of the sideburns. <laughs> Dean says, all right, you douchebag, listen. And then Cass stabs his angel blade through the back of one of Wendy's hands. Wendy screams and whimpers as Cass pulls the blade out. Cass says, who told you about the crypts? Wendy says, I thought angels were supposed to be the good cops. Well, and then Cass impales her other hand and she screams. She says, wait, stop, stop. We have a hostage. It's one of Crowley's pets. She's at the Murray Hotel down by the interstate. She knows the towns where all the crypts are buried. She saw them all back in the day. Sam says, and she told you about the parchment? We cut to Naomi's office. Naomi and Cass look at each other, uh, very worried. Cut back to Wendy's kitchen. She says, what parchment? Dean says, hey, hey, think he's only the only bad cop in this room? Stop lying. We know what you're really looking for. Wendy says, no, I am telling you. We're looking. And we cut to Naomi's office. She says, kill it. We There's cut. so much back and forth. <laughs> yeah, there is. We cut back to Wendy's kitchen. And she says, we're looking for... And then Cass stabs his angel blade right into her chest, and she dies. Sam says, Cass, what like, the hell is that? Are you joking me right now? Yeah. <laughs> Cass says, it told us what we needed. Sam says, no, she didn't. You can't just... Cass says, I started this hunt without you because I didn't want anything to slow me down. We have to get to this motel now. Sam says, hold on a second. And then we hear the rustle of angel wings, and Cass <laughs> is gone. Sam and Dean say, Cass! <laughs> you asked, but! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Dean says, Cass? Cass! Damn it! And then they rush out. Dean says, go, go, go! Uh, we cut to outside the Murray Hotel. The Impala races into view and screeches to a halt. And Sam and Dean jump out of the car and look up as we see a flash of light coming from a third floor window. Sam says, there, there. And they run for the hotel. Uh, still looking up at the window. They go inside, and Sam and Dean run through the hallway, stopping outside a closed door. There's a flash of light coming from around the door, and we hear a cry of pain. So they bust into the room as a demon with burned-out eyes topples onto the body of another dead demon, whose eyes have also been burned out, and there stands Cass. <laughs> Sam says, thanks for waiting. Cass says, the hostage is in there, and he nods his head towards a closed door. Dean opens the door, and we see Meg with long blonde hair. She's bruised, she's bloody. She is not looking so good. Yeah, <laughs> she's tied up and sitting on the floor. Meg says, are you a little short for a stormtrooper? <laughs> I love Meg's lines. <laughs> Me too. We cut to a short time later. 
Dean says, so I gotta ask. Uh, Meg's now sitting on the bed, and we get a close-up of her battered, bloody face. Dean says, what's up with the hair? Which, um, not the first question. Or, I know. Like, maybe should... what happened to Ever. your face. Yeah. You know, like... That's just rude. <laughs> Meg says, ah, oh, thanks for noticing, Dean. But this wasn't my idea. It was Crowley's. And it's just another reason I want to stab him in the face. Sam says, wait a second. You've been telling Crowley the locations of Lucifer's crypts? Meg says, what can I say? I needed a break from the constant torture. <laughs> and I did visit them all during my time with Yellow Eyes. But don't worry. I haven't exactly been giving them the Glengarry leads. I don't know. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Cass says, you mean you've been lying to them? Meg says, I just get them in the ballpark. Enough time's passed and enough change that they bought it. Dean says, why lie? Meg says, buy myself some time, dummy. Try to find a way to get free. Sam says, wait, so a bunch of innocent people died so you could buy yourself some time? <laughs> Meg says, hi, I'm Meg. I'm a demon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cass says, so what have they found? Meg says, bupkis. Every crypt spin one Al Capone vault after another. And on top of that, someone kept picking up the trail and icing demons. I'm guessing that was you, Castiel. But Crowley just keeps sending more. He's hell-bent on. And we cut to Naomi's office. Uh, Cass says, she's going to tell him the truth. Uh, he says, do I have to kill her? Naomi says, she does know the location of the crypts. But working with a demon is unclean. Well, you got nothing better, so. I know. <laughs> Cass says, well, we could use her, as Crowley did. Naomi says, agreed. So we cut back to the Murray Hotel. Meg says, finding the angel tablet. Sam says, wait, did you just say angel tablet? Meg says, you know, I get why Crowley calls you Moose now. <laughs> yes, angel tablet. Crowley found out Lucifer had it, figures it's stashed in a crypt. Cass says, well, this is news to me as well. Yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> he says, demons I interrogated, they must have been lying about their true intentions. Dean says, really? Because I saw you zero dark 30 that demon. You were more than persuasive. Meg says, you're both missing the point. I lied to them, which means they're digging in the wrong place. But not for long. They'll be back here soon. So who's up for fleeing? <laughs> Can we leave, please? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sam says, she's right. We need to find those crypts before they do. Meg, you're the only one who's been there. Cass says, we need your help. Meg says, any of you dummies got a map? So we cut to inside the Morton basement. Um, Meg says, or she's looking at the miniature village. Uh, Meg says, there, that's where the crypt was. Sam says, what's there now? Meg says, do I look like Google to you? <laughs> None of these buildings were here way back in the day. Figure it out, genius. Is there any booze in this dump? And she walks away. <laughs> We cut to some time later uh, in the Morton basement still. Dean says to Sam, he lied to us. Sam says, yeah, maybe. I can kind of understand why. I mean, an angel tablet? If the demon tablet can shut the gates of hell, what can the angel tablet do? So we cut to the living room. Uh, Cass is wrapping gauze around Meg's wrists. He says, these wounds have festered. Meg says, you really do know how to make a girl's nethers quiver, don't you? 
<laughs> she's sitting on the couch. And Festering wounds. Yeah. <laughs> and she's got an open bottle of booze mm-hmm. uh, that she's just drinking straight out of. I would, too. I would, too. <laughs> Tess says, I am aware of how to do that. <laughs> Does he understand what she's saying, though? Or, like, that's the tricky part. Like, do you get it? <laughs> he says, know. although it doesn't usually involve cleaning wounds. Meg says, why are you so sweet on me, Clarence? Cass says, I don't know. And I still don't know who Clarence is. <laughs> Meg says, would it kill you to watch a movie, read a book? And she takes a swig from her bottle. Cass says, a movie, no, but a book with the proper spells. Yeah, it could theoretically kill me. Meg says, you know, you're much cuter when you're shutting up. <laughs> so which cast are you now? Original make and model or crazy town? Cass says, I'm just me. Meg says, so your noodle's back in order. Cass says, yeah, my noodle remembers everything. I think it's a pretty good noodle. (laughs) Meg says, really? You remember everything? And she looks very fondly at him. (laughs) Cass says, if you're referring to the pizza man, yes, I remember the pizza man. And it's a good memory. (laughs) I thought that was very sweet. Yeah. He didn't have to tell her it was a good memory. Yeah. You know, that was... I thought that was real sweet. Yeah. So we got to inside the basement. Because um, the pizza man taught him. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, Sam says, here goes. And he highlights a section of the street map on the computer and superimposes it onto a satellite view of the corresponding area. He says, all right, according to this, the crypt has to be below an abandoned building. Dean says, good times. You really think we can trust uh, Meg Steele? <laughs> Sam says, no, but what choice do we have? When we cut to inside the living room, Meg says, you ever miss the apocalypse? Cass says, no. <laughs> like, actually, I don't, thanks. <laughs> says, why would I miss the end of times? <laughs> Meg says, I miss the simplicity. I was bad. You were good. Life was easier. <laughs> now it's also messy. I'm kind of good, which sucks. <laughs> and you're kind of bad, which is actually all manner of hot. <laughs> we survive this. I'm going to order some pizza and we're going to move some furniture around. Do you understand? <laughs> Cass says, no, I... And Meg smiles at him suggestively. He says, wait, actually, yes, I... <laughs> But then Sam and Dean walk into the room. He's like, wait, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Dean says, all right, let's roll, campers. So we cut to the Murray Hotel. Uh, Someone walks into the room full of dead demons. Um, It's a third demon who ran away with Wendy's map. He opens his phone. Uh, This says flips open his cell phone. So everyone's got old cell phones, apparently. (laughs) I find that weird. Well, this was in, like, what, 2012? Yeah, but there was flip phones weren't a thing then. I had a flip phone then. I didn't have a flip phone until probably, or I didn't have anything other than a flip phone until, oh, well, I guess it was probably, like, 2011 or 12, but, like, a lot of people that I know still didn't have you know, smartphones or anything. Like, that was when I got my first one. It Mm -hmm. was around then, I think. 
but it wasn't uncommon to see people with a flip phone. Okay, I guess I'm just thinking as not as long ago. (laughs) So, okay, so the demon says um, into the phone, Sir, I, uh, I searched the site top to bottom. It's empty. No, there's no crypt there. And, um, that's not all. It's just me now, sir. <laughs> I, uh, we may have lost Meg. Um, now there's someone standing behind the demon. And the demon says into the phone, sir? It's Crowley behind the demon. <laughs> <laughs> the demon says, hello, sir? <laughs> Crowley says, just to be clear. <laughs> and you could see the butt clench happening. Oh, yeah. That guy clenched his asshole hard. <laughs> he clenched everything. Yeah. <laughs> but he did not run. <laughs> no, no. Uh, Crowley says, uh, you can't find a hole in the ground. Your co-workers have met with an untimely demise, and you've lost my favorite shoe toy. Brilliant. What's that old expression? And he pulls out a weapon. He says, if you want something done right, and then he stabs the demon, (laughs) who dies with a flash of sparking lights, Crowley says, blah, 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 (laughs) and he puts down the weapon, which is actually an angel blade. Uh, We cut to an abandoned warehouse um, in the alley. Again, not a place you should be. Meg says, so this is it. Basement? Dean says, all right, Cass and I will head in and get our Indiana Jones on. Sam, you stay outside with Meg. Sam says, what? Dean says, we got this. Sam says, what are you talking about? Dean, I'm not letting you go in there alone. Cass says, he won't be alone. Sam says, that's not what I mean. Meg can hang here. Watch our backs. Dean says, oh, what? Now you trust Meg? Meg says, hey, I got you this far. Dean says, shut up. Sam says, shut up. <laughs> they are not being very nice to her. Everybody just shut up. <laughs> yep. <sighs> Sam says, Dean. Dean says, Sam, I saw your bloody rag in the trash can, okay? Sam says, That wasn't. Dean says, Stop. Just stop. Sam, we don't know what's in there, okay? And you almost let a demon get the best of you back there. Sam says, I'm fine. Dean says, No, you're not fine. You haven't been fine since the first trial. That's why I called Cass. Meg says, trial? Sam and Dean both say, shut up, Meg. (laughs) She's like, good grief. I'm just trying to get caught up. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Dean says, I'm, Sam says, (laughs) Dean, I'm telling you, I'm okay. Cass says, no, you're not, Sam. You're damaged in ways even I can't heal. Dean's right. You should stay here and protect Meg. Meg says, since when do I need protecting? Cass says, since you were held captive and tortured for over a year. Meg says, touche. I mean, fair, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Dean says, all right, we'll be back. So Cass walks away and Dean hands the demon killing knife to Sam and then follows. So we cut to inside uh, the abandoned warehouse in the basement. Dean says, hey, what did you mean back there about Sam? Cass says, it's difficult to say. It's something on the subatomic level and his electromagnetic field. Dean says, okay, bottom line it for me, Bill Nye. Is it lethal? Cass says, I don't know. Wait. They're walking through a dark corridor when Cass stops and he feels a cement wall. He says, there's a draft. There's something behind there. Stand back. And he cracks the wall open with his angel power. 
So we cut back to Sam. Meg says, wait, so I took how many bullets for you guys and you didn't even look for me? I would be pissed. Yeah, that's fair. You know, even though she is a demon, you know, she still helped you a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You don't have to like her, but you should do the right thing, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So Meg and Sam are using spray paint to make symbols on the doors and the boarded up windows and the ground. Meg says, like once? My hero. What's with all the trial and being damaged crap? Sam says, look, no disrespect, but you haven't exactly been the most uh, trustworthy person in our lives, Meg. Meg says, you're not going to tell me? Seriously? How am I not team Sam? (laughs) Then she says, fine, whatever it is, you okay dying over it? You don't want to say, fine. But remember, I spent time in that walking corpse of yours. I know your sad little thoughts and feelings. Sam says, that's creepy. (laughs) Meg says, here's what I remember. Deep down, in parts you never let see the light of day, you want to live a long, normal life away from creepy old things like me. Sam says, I do. You know, I spent the last year with someone, and um, now I know that's actually possible. Meg says, wait, that's how you spent your last year? With a chick? Lame. (laughs) Sam says, you know, how about we just wait quietly? Meg says, what was her name? You don't even trust me with a name? Cut me. Do I not bleed, Sam? (laughs) So some chick actually got you off hunting, huh? That's one rare creature. Tell me, how'd you meet this unicorn? She's a gossip demon right now. (laughs) She totally is. I would want to know all the deets, like, stuck and handcuffed to a toilet or whatever she was. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I need some juicy gossip. Like, catch me up, man. <laughs> yeah. So we cut to inside the warehouse. Uh, Cass and Dean are in a dusty, dirty crypt with a vaulted ceiling. Cass is standing, uh, watching, while Dean shines his flashlight around the room. Uh, there are ancient artifacts laying around. Everything is covered with dust and spider webs. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty gross. Yeah. So we cut to Naomi's office. Cass says, I found it. Naomi says, tell the Winchester the crypt is empty. Then you can come back. Cass says, it's warded against angels. Naomi says, well, you can come back. Cass says, Crowley's demons are still in town and we're running out of time. What should I do? Naomi says, handle it. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so we cut to uh, back inside the crypt. Cass says, Dean. And he points towards an item on the shelf on a shelf against the wall. He says, that's it. Dean shines his flashlight on a carved wooden chest. And he says, how do you know? Cast says, it's the only thing in here warded against angels. Uh, So Dean picks up the heavy object and places it on the table in front of Cass. He picks up a small dagger and pries open the lid. He reaches in and lifts out a block of stone. Dean says, winner, winner, chicken dinner. Cass says, good, hand it to me and I'll take it to heaven. Dean says, no, we'll take it to Kevin so he can translate. And Dean holds on to the block of stone with both hands. Cass says, right, of course. I'll take it to him right away. No time to waste. Dean says, well, he's not that far. I've been meaning to go check on him and bring him some supplies. Like you're acting suspicious, dude. (laughs) Yeah. So we cut to inside Naomi's office. She says, if the demons get their hands on the angel tablet, they'll kill us all. 
they'll destroy heaven. Cass says, I can reason with Dean. He's a good man. Naomi says, kill him. So I cut to back inside the crypt. Cass says, I can resupply the prophet, Dean. Dean says, you know, why don't, uh, why don't Sam and I take it over to him and you can get back to your mission, finding the other half of the demon tablet. That is priority, isn't it? Cass says, I can't let you take that, Dean. Dean says, can't or won't? Cass says, both. You know, I've never said that to anyone in my life and I've always wanted to. Can't or won't? <laughs> you know? Oh, I've said that a few times. <laughs> Have you really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so jealous. Okay. It's not that exciting. <laughs> it's just it's one of those things. It's not in a decent situation. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. Okay. Um, Dean says, how did you get out of purgatory, Cass? So we cut back to Naomi's office. Cass says, there has to be another way. Naomi says, you have done this a thousand times, Castiel. You're ready. Kill him. Then take the tablet and bring it home where it belongs. So we cut back to the crypt. Dean says, just tell me how you got out of purgatory. Be honest with me for the first time since you've been back. And he nods towards the stone he's holding and says, and this is yours. Castiel's blade drops into his hand from his sleeve, which is not a good sign. Nope. Nope. We cut back to Sam. Meg says, wait, hold on. There's one part I, I don't understand. You hit a dog and stopped. Why? <laughs> oh like my that's God. That's what you picked up from this girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what Sam's about to say. Yeah. <laughs> he says that whole story. And that's your takeaway. Meg says, oh, I heard the rest. You fell in love with a unicorn. It was beautiful, then sad, then sadder. I laughed. I cried. I puked in my mouth a little. <laughs> and honestly, I kind of get it. Sam says, really? Meg says, we've got company. So uh, we cut to the crypt. And Dean says, Cass, Cass, I don't know what the hell is wrong with you. But if you're in there and you can hear me, you don't have to do this. But Cass attacks. Dean blocks the blow with a stone and says, Cass. And we get a flash of light and we can hear thunder rumbling. Uh, we cut to inside Naomi's office. Cass says, this isn't right. Naomi says, do you realize what that tablet can do for us? For heaven? Cass says, I won't hurt Dean. Naomi says, yes, you will. You are. So we cut back to inside the crypt. Dean says, Cass, fight this. This is not you. Fight it. And Cass strikes again. And again, Dean uses a stone to block the blow and thunder rumbles again. We cut back to Naomi's office. Cass says, what have you done to me? Naomi says, just relax, Castiel. Let your vessel do what you know deep down is the right thing. So I cut back to inside the crypt. Cass says, what have you done to me, Naomi? Dean says, who's Naomi? We cut back to Naomi's office. He's like, hold on. <laughs> yeah. What is happening? Naomi says, what have I done to you? Do you have any idea what it's like out there? There's blood everywhere and it's on your hands. After everything you did to us, to heaven. I fixed you, Castiel. I fixed you. Mm. <laughs> Don't Debatable. look fixed to me. Yeah. <laughs> we, cut back. <laughs> we cut back to Sam. Uh, Sam and Meg turn towards two demons who are charging at them and carrying clubs. The demon is a pack. We cut to the crypt. Dean says, Cass, and he puts a hand on Cass's shoulder. 
Cass backhands Dean, uh, which throws him into a wall and he falls to the floor. We cut back to Sam. Meg and Sam are still fighting the demons. Uh, Sam takes out one demon and he appears a little unsteady. Uh, he stands and watches as Meg kills the second demon. We cut back to Dean. Uh, Cass is still attacking him. Dean throws a punch, but Cass grabs his forearm and breaks it. We, we hear the bone snap. That Dean- sounded just awful by the way like, oh god yeah that is like the last you know what if i ever break something like i mean i've broken things before but if i ever like break something like that like a bigger bone i yeah. hope to god i don't hear it you know like oh i know that would be too much that would be what would stick with me not the pain not the whatever like it, that would be like something that i would not be able to forget is the sound of it breaking you know what i heard and it will never truly leave me and the horror of it um is i heard my um oh why can't i think of the name of it now the sack that holds the baby what's that placenta no that's not it no uh like your amniotic yeah yeah what's that sack called i think it's just the amniotic sack okay well i heard my sack break I heard my sack break and it was disgusting. Ew. It like sounded like two bones clunking together underwater. It yeah. was disturbing. It, uh, no, thanks. Nope. No. It, yeah. No, I asked, I, like I heard it and I, Eric, we were both laying on a bed in the hospital and I was like, I was like, did you hear that? And he was like, hear what? And I was like, I think my, whatever, my sack (laughs) just (laughs) broke. (laughs) I can't believe I can't remember the name of it. Um, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And Eric was like, I did not hear it. There's no way you heard it. And I was like, no, I heard it. And I was like, nurse, check me for sack fluid. (laughs) And she she did. And she was like, yeah, it broke. It's like, oh, okay. Also, ew, you know? (laughs) Yeah. It was super gross. Yeah. I, I wouldn't. Yeah. Yuck. (laughs) Yeah. Wasn't, Thanks. <laughs> was not okay. Okay, so Dean drops the stone. It shatters, revealing the tablet that was inside. Lightning flashes. We come back to Sam. Meg pulls a blade out of the body of the dead demon, and she and Sam look around as lightning flashes and thunder rumbles. Suddenly, Crowley is there. Of course. Crowley says, I believe they're playing my song. So they cut back to Dean. Um, Cass is kicking Dean's ass all over the place. His face is bruised and bloodied. Dean says, you want it? Take it. But you're going to have to kill me first. Come on, coward. Do it. Do it. And Cass continues to beat up Dean. We cut to Naomi's office. Cass, uh, with his blade in hand, smacks Naomi's desk and says, please. Naomi says, end this, Castile. Cass raises his fist in her office. Uh, we cut to Dean. Cass' fist follows through with a hard punch to Dean. Dean says, Cass, this isn't you. This isn't you. And Cass raises his fist to hit Dean again. We cut back to Naomi's office. Naomi says, bring me the tablet. And we cut back to Dean. He um, has one eye swollen shut now. He says, Cass, Cass. And he, we, we, he weakly reaches towards Cass. He says, I know you're in there. Cass raises his angel blade about to strike. Dean says, I know you can hear me, Cass. It's me. We're family. We need you. I need you. 
And then we cut to inside Naomi's office. She says, you have to choose Castiel, us or them. We cut back to Dean. He says, Cass, and Cass drops the blade and Dean groans in pain. Cass reaches down for the angel tablet. And as he picks it up, uh, the Enochian writing begins to glow. The light flows up his arm and kind of surrounds him and the whole room and Dean. Uh, we cut back to Naomi's office. Um, let's see. She says, ah, ah! <laughs> <laughs> and she's covered with the bright light and she throws up her arm to shield her face as she flinches back and away from the brightness. Um, we cut back to Dean in the basement. Uh, he sits on the floor covered with the bright light, um, but he barely raises one arm to protect himself. We cut to he does Naomi. not feel very good. No, he doesn't. He's almost done. Yeah. Uh, cut to Naomi's office. She says, Castiel, Castiel. And we cut back to Dean. Um, Cass is holding the angel tablet and standing over Dean. Dean says, Cass, Cass. And Cass reaches his hand towards Dean's face. Dean says, no, no, Cass. Uh, and Cass places his hand on the side of Dean's head. And Dean gasps and is suddenly healed. Thank God. I hate it when Dean is that bloody. Ugh. I know. I don't like looking at his face when it's like that. Yeah. <laughs> like not in the way of like, ew, ugly, but in like a, oh, that's got to hurt so bad. You know? Yeah. <laughs> makes my heart hurt. Um, Cass says, I'm so sorry, Dean. Dean says, what the hell just happened? <laughs> so he cut to Sam. Uh, Crowley says, love what you've done with the place. You really think all this was going to keep me out forever? Sam says, at least long enough for Dean and Cass to get the tablet and get out. Crowley says, Castiel. So that's who's been poking my boys and not in a sexy way. (laughs) 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 All right. He says, got a bone to pick with you, Moose, after what you did to my poor dog. Meg says, you going to talk us to death or get down to it already? (laughs) Crowley says, there's my whore. I'm not here for my dearly departed, though. I'm here for the stone and the funny scribbles on it. Sam says, that's not going to happen. Crowley says, love it when you get all tough. Touches me right where my bathing suit goes. (laughs) And he pulls out an angel blade. No matter how, like, (laughs) obnoxious Crowley is sometimes, he has got some of the best one-liners in the whole show. (laughs) Yep. Uh, To Sam, Meg says, go, save your brother and my unicorn. So Sam leaves and opens the warehouse door. Crowley says, Timon and Pumbaa, tell you their big plan? Did they share that little chestnut with you? They mean to close the gates of hell, sweetheart. They mean to kill me and all the demons, you included. Meg says, you had me at kill you, Crowley. She smiles and Crowley strikes at her. So we come back to Dean. He says, so this Naomi has been controlling you since she got you out of purgatory. Cass says, yeah. Dean says, well, what broke the connection? Cass says, I don't know. I just know that I have to protect this tablet now. Dean says, from Naomi? Cass says, yes, and from you. Dean says, for me? What are you talking about? But Castiel and the tablet are suddenly gone. Dean says, Cass, Cass, damn it. And let's see. We cut to Sam. He says, Dean, and he comes barreling into the crypt. Dean, where's Cass? Dean says, he's gone. Meg? Sam says, we got to go now. So they cut back to Meg. Um, She is B. 
beaten and bloody and she lifts herself up off the wet ground. Crowley reaches down and grabs her by the jacket and pulls her up. He says, I could beat you for eternity. Meg says, take all the time you want, you pig. Her and Crowley look back as we hear car doors open and close. It's the boys and the Impala. They turn around in their seats to watch what happens with Meg and Crowley. And okay, at that point, I was kind of like, what the fuck are they getting in their car for and not helping Meg out? Yeah. Or trying to kill Crowley like they wanted to do. Like, I was glad that they didn't drive away, that they were like, we're going to look and see if like Meg kills Crowley and then Meg can come with us. Yeah, I think they were, to me, it kind of seemed like they were just like waiting for Meg to come join them in the car sort of thing. Yeah, but I still feel like maybe she needs help. And (laughs) I know it's one against one here and three against one are way better odds. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So Meg says, no cast in the back seat. Your stone is long gone. And Meg stabs Crowley in the shoulder using the angel blade. Sparks fly. Crowley says, ah. And he gasps and he grabs the blade and stabs Meg. Sam and Dean look back as Meg dies. And their tires squeal as they speed away. Oh, bye, Meg. Meg. I know. So we cut to inside the crypt in the warehouse. Um, Crowley is standing between a table and a and the far wall suddenly Naomi is there Crowley says Naomi fancy meeting you here haven't seen you in a dark age love the haircut Naomi says how's the shoulder Crowley says just a flesh wound now I don't have a tablet it's only a flesh wound <laughs> yep. come back here I'll bite your legs off <laughs> uh, Crowley says now I don't have the tablet and if you're here, neither do you, which means that your Castiel is in the wind with our prize. If I didn't know you better, I'd say you're losing your touch. Naomi says, Castiel isn't in the wind. He's doing exactly what he's supposed to do. Protect the tablet. Crowley says, even from you? Easy, love. If you remember our time in Mesopotamia the way I do, you know I'm a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> oh, oh my. I want the details on that. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Naomi says, what do you want, you cockroach? Crowley says, maybe we can make a deal before this gets truly bollocksed. I mean, I must have something that you want. And then she disappears. He says, Tart stole my move. (laughs) So we cut to the Impala. Dean is driving. Sam says, so what happened? I mean, Cass touched the tablet and it reset him to his factory settings or something. Dean says, I don't know, and I don't care. All I know is that he is off the reservation with a heavenly WMD. Listen, man, I can't take any more lies from anyone. Sam says, yeah, uh, I know. I'm sorry. I should have told you. I just wanted to believe I was okay. I don't know. Dean says, well, you heard what Cass said, that first trial hurts you in ways that he can't even heal. Sammy, I need you to be honest with me from here on out, man. Sam says, you're right, and I will be. Dean says, listen, I may not be able to carry the burden that comes along with these trials, but I can carry you. Sam says, you realize you kind of just quoted the Lord of the Rings, right? (laughs) (laughs) Sam says, come on, man, but it's the Rudy Hobbit, all right? Rudy Hobbit always gets a pass. Sam chuckles, and Dean says, shut up. (laughs) And then we cut to a bus. Cass is sitting uh, on the moving bus. 
the angel tablet in his hands. He puts the tablet into the bag and closes the zipper. We see that Cass is seated in the third row from the back of the bus, and there are a bunch of other passengers. The bus heads into a tunnel, and credits. Okay, so I have a couple thoughts. Um, the first one is Cass is being a real loose cannon in this one. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to put it. <laughs> yeah, like he's just all over the place. Like doesn't know what's going on. Like to me, this is one of Cass's more like chaotic episodes. Oh, yeah. You For know, sure. like dude, make up your mind, get it together, man. <laughs> yeah. But. At the beginning, when he kills all those, you know, deans, I really thought that he was not going to be chaotic, you know, that, and that he understood that Naomi was controlling him or, you know, brainwashing him, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But it seems like later on the episode, you know, he's like, Naomi, like, what are you doing to me? And we're like, dude, like, like, do you not know? Have you yeah. not figured it out by now? Cause he seemed at the very beginning of the whole, like Naomi situation to be, suspicious of everything mm-hmm. you know so like where'd the suspicion go yeah she just like you know eyeball stabbed it out of him or whatever I know I guess I don't know like that's the thing is it's kind of like okay like I guess it's one of those situations maybe where he just got like little things taking taken away from him at, a little bit at a time and so he didn't like realize he was losing control until he didn't have it anymore you know yeah <laughs> yeah so anyways um also I remember thinking that Meg was in more episodes you know and that she didn't die quite so early Oh, I think this is right where I remember her dying. Like, I remember her dying in this episode, but I don't, like, for some reason, I thought that she was in more episodes in between Mm -hmm. and, like, that it wasn't. But, I mean, I think we've kind of talked about this a little bit, but, like, for me, I feel like a lot of the stuff that is happening right now, I thought that it happened in later seasons. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like, sure. I'm like, oh, this person's around for a really long time. And it's like, yeah, they really weren't. It's like, you know, that's the thing is like with, you know, like John or whatever, like, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, okay, you know, he died very early, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. in this series, but like, for some reason, because he's like talked about so much, you kind of think that he's in more episodes than he actually is. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, I think it's kind of like one of those things for me anyways. Like, okay, you know, everybody knows Meg. So Mm -hmm. Meg was around for a really long time. And yeah, she was, you know, in a lot of seasons, but like. Not a lot of episodes. Not in a lot of episodes. Yeah. So anyways, I just thought that was kind of weird. I was like, wait, she, like, I remember her dying, but I was like, wait, this is too early. You know? Yeah. I yeah. thought this happened in a later season, like that this episode was in a later season rather than in an earlier one, you know? Yeah. I actually didn't remember her dying. I like, I remember like around this time, but I, I really thought that she was in like at least one more episode and That's what like I thought too. died yeah. in that episode. Yeah. So but it's well, nice that they gave her more, a way to like close her storyline. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Since she, she was like disappear. 
yeah, they didn't leave it open just because she was, um, she was already suffering from what is it that she has that actress has? Is it MS? I, I think, think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And you, and you could tell that by the way, she was walking, mm-hmm. I think like you commented on it, like that she, she was walking a little funny, you know, like she, you could tell that she was struggling a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so I, it, she's talked about it at a lot of panels too, where she's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I had to like, you know, the last, you know, episode or so that I was in, I had to like be propped up a lot, you know, that's why she's like leaning against walls or against the, you know, or whatever to, so that way she could like, you know, yeah, kind of be more upright and not have it be look like she was trying to like keep herself up, you know? Yeah. Right. Right. So, so I, I think it's great that they gave her character a, uh and out you know yeah a goodbye yeah yeah and not just like oh well I guess you're not coming back you know yeah yeah (laughs) yeah um okay my only other thought (laughs) is that when Cass is like beating the hell out of Dean Mm -hmm. um or the heaven out of Dean I don't know (laughs) (laughs) you know like all I can think about are the bloopers. So I can't like take that scene very seriously oh, anymore yeah. because if you watch the bloopers for this, there's like a whole big long thing about, you know, Cass or Cass, Misha is trying to like, you know, shove Jensen's, you know, face in his junk and like yeah. <laughs> messing with him. And, you know, Jensen's like, I want a popsicle, you know, yeah. <laughs> I don't feel good. Or isn't you know? there, I think I, isn't um one of them where Jensen was like like Cass has his Misha has his hand on Jensen's face you know and mm-hmm. and Jensen's looking up at him and he's like Cass you're my baby daddy <laughs> <Or> something <laughs> like, like that yeah, yeah. they were like totally screwing around with it <laughs> yeah I but like it. every time I watch the scene now like I am just like waiting for the bloopers to happen even though like that's not the actual scene mm-hmm. but, like all I could think about is the bloopers yep they're so popular you know yep 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 <laughs> but anyways um so what was your favorite moment from this episode okay I have two and they're both Meg lines because <laughs> <laughs> she had some good ones in this one um the first one was where she says to Sam uh there's one part I don't understand you hit a dog and stopped why <laughs> <laughs> like I don't get it. You know, like, yeah. the rest of it, okay, but like, what? You know, <laughs> she truly doesn't understand. And Sam is like, what the fuck is the matter with you? I know, like, are you kidding me right now? You know, <laughs> yeah. That just makes me feel like, how many dogs have you hit and not stopped for? Like, she's a demon. I would assume a lot. You know? <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. Okay. And the second one um, was where she says, um, it was beautiful, then sad, then sadder. I laughed. I cried. I puked in my mouth a little. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel that way about a lot of things. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. (laughs) I get that. (laughs) I feel that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, What was your favorite moment? Uh, Mine was also Meg moments. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Kind of like Meg slash Cass moments where um, Cass is like, you know, yes, I remember the pizza man and it's a good memory. You know, like, I just like oh, that. Yeah. The whole like Meg Steel thing, I think is like my favorite moment for, from this episode where she's like, you know, teasing them about moving furniture around. They're going to order pizza and all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. And Cass is like, I remember the pizza man, you know, that was, that was a good memory. And I'm just like, you know what? Like, I feel like they should have had more of a 
shipping, you know, like I ship MIGCL way more than I ship DSCL because like to me, you don't ship DSCL at all. I don't ship DSCL at all. I think mostly because to me, it seems like their relationship while being like a best friend, it, it is more of like a best friend relationship than like, you know, a, mm-hmm. like a, I don't know, together relationship, you know? Mm-hmm. You can still ship people even if there's no like romantic things actually happening on screen. Yeah, that's the thing is like I have a hard time like shipping him as being together or being, you know, a romantic thing when there's not really any evidence of that other, I guess, until like, I don't know, like, I guess people could like, you know, kind of translate it that way certain but I mean the thing is is like if you're looking for something you're gonna see it more than if it's just if you're not looking for it you're probably not gonna see it where like with Mm -hmm. you know Meg and Cass like there's very clearly (laughs) like Mm -hmm. they kiss each other you know like they're talking about like moving furniture around and ordering pizza you know like Mm -hmm. I don't know and to me like I just like the you know Meg having all the sassy lines and being like very like socially with it where Cass isn't you know yeah (laughs) like I just like the those two characters together Mm -hmm. but I don't know I wonder if um the uh the original Meg the actress who plays the original Meg if all of that could have happened with her like if they never you know switched meat suits or whatever I don't know yeah I feel like Meg has always been a sassy character but like I think once Rachel started playing her she was kind of like she like took it kind of to another level (laughs) yeah they seem like two different characters to me you know oh yeah for sure not that not that the first one wasn't phenomenal at her role but oh yeah no I think they're both very good but I feel like the first Meg was very just like you know, like, yeah, was she trying to help the boys and all that? Sure. But there wasn't so much of the, like, you know, I I guess there was a lot of snarky, but not in the same way where like, yeah, Rachel kind of like took it to the, a different level, you know, Mm -hmm. yeah, that. So, and I don't know if it's just because eventually they had been around each other so much that the character just developed and that's what they were kind of going for. Or if it just Mm -hmm. was like, you know, there's just a lot of difference between the two actresses, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but. I like Meg all the way around. I like both Megs. I think they're very different Megs, but I like them both a lot. Yeah. As far as like, you know, how the character, how the actresses played them and all that sort of stuff. But I think Meg 2.0 is my favorite. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, uh, I don't know. If, I think I like them equally. The yeah. first Meg, uh, um, I liked her like kind of like crush on Sam. Mm-hmm. I like, I liked all that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm she was a lot more evil and, um, a lot less helpful than Meg 2.0. Yeah. You know, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like them both, but I, I yeah. think I prefer the, I think there's a lot more funny stuff about, um, the second Meg, which is probably why I like Yeah. They more. like, didn't write them the same, yeah. you know, in terms of like the one-liners and stuff, yeah. you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I think the reason why I like the second Meg was just because she was funnier. Mm-hmm. Not that I yeah. didn't like the first one. I just prefer the second, you know, mm-hmm. because of the, you know, the humor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get it. Um, anyways. Um, so the interesting facts from this episode, 
Uh, the first one that says repeatedly um, when Meg speaks to Sam and Dean say shut up Meg this doesn't make any sense well okay so I'm guessing when Sam and Dean say shut up Meg repeatedly is what they were going for Mm -hmm. um it's a play on a running joke from Family Guy which started in 1999 in which the father Peter continually says that when says that whenever his daughter Meg says something he finds annoying (laughs) oh I haven't watched that show yeah I I've seen a few episodes here I I wouldn't say I watch it but I have seen it and that does happen a lot you know (laughs) okay everybody's like shut up Meg (laughs) um it says Meg calls Castiel Clarence uh Clarence is the angel trying to get his wings in it's a wonderful life from 1946 and I think that was kind of mentioned earlier an interesting fact yeah I think so too um it says when Sam and Dean find Meg tied up in the bathroom she asks aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? <laughs> um, that's what Princess Leia asks Luke when he finds her locked up aboard the Death Star in Star Wars episode four, um, A New Hope from 1977. Okay. I was wondering what that was from. I mean, obviously it is from Star Wars, but yeah. like what Some sort of point? Star Wars reference. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I, I've watched those movies like once a very long time ago and that was enough for me. Yeah. So yeah. I've seen- Eric is like obsessed with them though, so. Yeah, I've seen them all probably a couple of times. Depend the earlier or the newer ones, I haven't seen as much. But my dad is very, very into Star Wars. So mm-hmm. if there was Star Wars on, we were watching it. You know, yeah. Sometimes he what he would put it on so we could watch it. Mm-hmm. Same with Star Trek. So to me, like, okay, I've seen all of Star Wars or not. I think I haven't seen the last movie yet, but I've seen most of Star Wars, and. It's, it's okay it's not bad but it's just not quite my thing I haven't seen yeah. any of Star Trek because that was one of the things that because it was on TV all the time we were forced to watch it all the time and I'm mm-hmm. kind of like I cannot do this to myself I cannot watch this you know? yeah <laughs> so I get it not saying that it's bad I just it's you know it's forced on me too much and I can't do it <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but yeah um it says uh Sam introduces himself as Dean um as special wait, not as Dean, Sam introduces himself and Dean. (laughs) I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Um, As special agents, Tandy and Lynn. Um, This is likely a reference to the musicians, Richard Tandy and Jeff Lynn, um, both members of the rock group, Electric Light Orchestra. I have not heard of that band. Neither have I. Okay. Um, It says the sphere of destiny that Dean finds in the vault of the men of letters is also known as the Holy Lance, the Holy Spear, Lance of Longinus or Longinus, I don't know, um, and Spear of Longinus or Longinus, I don't know. Um, That is the spear that pierced Jesus in the Gospel of John. Okay. So um, like when Jesus was crucified and everything to check that he was dead, they pierced him in the side with a spear. That's Mm -hmm. There you go. <laughs> That's a background on that. <laughs> um, it says uh, the 1979 Super Tramp song "Goodbye Stranger," um, which is the name of this episode, plays at the end of the episode. Yep. Um, it says when Sam and Dean go to investigate, they talk to a man whose wife was possessed by a demon. Um, the house the man and woman lived in is the house Barry Allen grew up in on The Flash. Oh, that's fun. So, I haven't ever watched The Flash. I've heard that it's good, but I've never watched it. 
I watched like the first season and liked it, but I'm not, I'm not like super into superheroes. Um, Eric is, and I think has watched a lot more of it. So, yeah. Um, where am I? Oh, okay. So it says when Sam coughs into a handkerchief, um, Dean talks or hell. (laughs) 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 I can't, this is hard today. Um, I even have coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, when Sam coughs into a handkerchief, um, Dean calls him Doc Holliday, um, the real-life friend of Wyatt Earp, who famously had tuberculosis. Um, Holliday is often portrayed in fiction um, as coughing into a handkerchief, for example, in the movie Tombstone from 1993. Yeah. The only thing that I've really seen any, like, Doc Holliday in was in Winona Earp. Yeah, I love that and show. I do remember briefly them kind of like going over that, you know. Yeah, that that was like very briefly, like you said, in one episode. Yeah. Uh, in the movie Tombstone that they're just talking about, um, mm-hmm. it happens like the whole movie long, and you know he's like gonna die the whole movie long, and that's where the phrase "I'm your Huckleberry" comes from too. Is that movie Tombstone? Okay. Yeah, where Val Kilmer like plays doc holiday and it's a it's a really good movie like i owned it as a teenager like mm-hmm. that's how much i liked it but yeah. um yeah there's a lot of handkerchief blood happening <laughs> <laughs> yeah i so. mean tuberculosis can do that that's for mm-hmm. sure <laughs> yeah. um it says uh dean semi quotes the lord of the rings and says it's the roadie hobbit um sean astin who played the ever faithful samwise gamgee um, had previously played Rudy Rudiger, Rudiger um, in the movie Rudy from 1993. Mm-hmm. I never I saw that seen. movie. Yeah. I have seen him as, um, so have you ever seen 51st Dates? No. With Drew Barrymore? No, I haven't. Okay. It's like Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler, and he's mm-hmm. like trying to get her to fall in love with him or whatever. And mm-hmm. she has a memory that gets wiped cleaned every night. And so she keeps going back to, um, that night every night when she goes to sleep uh or when she goes to bed um and in the movie her brother is played by him and he's like obsessed with working out and is doing like you know peck dancing you know oh, yeah. and like wears like fishnet shirts you know like oh my god that's hilarious yeah. which is hilarious to me <laughs> yeah Sam wise you've gone too far you know? <laughs> not okay that's cool <laughs> but, yeah so it, he it, it's a he plays a really funny character in that movie like he's very like you know uh, he's a very loving character to his sister and all that sort of stuff he's just kind of a, an idiot <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so it says Meg says I haven't exactly been giving them the Glengarry leads. Um, she's referring to David Mamet's um, 1984 Pulitzer Prize winning play Glengarry Glen Ross um, and the movie, um, which was supposed to be a link, I think, in on this website, but it just says link number whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I don't know what the movie is called um, about the cutthroat world of real estate. Hmm. Um, it says Dean asks, do we have any maximum overdrive or do we have a maximum overdrive situation here? Uh, referring to the movie maximum overdrive from 1986, um, based on a Stephen King novel. Yep. Um, in that novel, uh um, 
I think I'm, I mean, I read this when I was like 12, but yeah. I think it's a short story. Uh-huh. Um, the trucks and cars and automobiles um, come to life. And like, I think they eat people. <laughs> oh, good. So like, yeah. or maybe they just run over people, yeah. <laughs> but I, yeah, I can't, I can't remember, but they, yeah, they come to life. So like the sketchy version of transformers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, it says the daily dot published an article titled did supernatural just give fans the queer romance they've been hoping for. Um, after this episode aired, claiming that in the original script for the episode, Dean's line to Castiel was, I love you. Um, it was later changed to, I need you, which again, all speculation. So who knows? I mean, oh no, I to- heard that was true. Okay. That's like, that's like a true thing. Um, the Jensen, it was Jensen's decision to change it because he didn't think that, uh, Dean would say that because, uh, Dean up to this point has never said that to anybody. Yeah. Um, and so he didn't think it was in his character to do that. So he, he changed yeah. it. Yeah. 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 I would have, I, I feel like it kind of would have been definitely out of character for him to do that because mm-hmm. you know? he doesn't really like, yeah, he doesn't say that to anybody. Yeah. Really. I mean, you've never heard him say it to Sam, you know? Yeah. So if he can't say it to his own brother, right. Who are you going to say it to? Yeah. Right? <laughs> <You> know, yeah. <laughs> Um, it says the article caused renewed fervor in the subset of fans that ship Destiel, um, the Dean Castiel slash fiction with shippers claiming that the original script made Destiel part of the show's canon. Mm, gotta happen to be canon. I know that's the thing. It's like, it didn't happen mm-hmm. because they were thinking about it happening to me. That would say that it's definitely not canon if they chose to change it, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> because yeah. they're like, this doesn't seem right, you know? Mm-hmm but anyway (laughs) but I'm not a Destiel shipper so whatever Uh, no I I wasn't um for most of my supernatural watching career um up until I um I I was probably like season I don't know 12 13 somewhere in there Mm -hmm. um where I really got into Tumblr and (laughs) Tumblr just like fucking convinced me and I was like oh okay so it wasn't like I started out like oh those two should be together it was just like it was just like I just like read too much and I was like oh okay yeah (laughs) like that must be what it is so yeah (laughs) yeah. I feel like most of the people that are very into Destiel are also very into Tumblr you know I don't know I have no idea to be I mean, honest. I don't know. Just come, come I don't know anybody I'm else like. is into Destiel personally. I don't. No, so. I don't. But like, just in like, you know, hearing people's conversations at like conventions and all that sort of stuff, like mm-hmm. they do mention Tumblr. Oh, that's so funny. I've never heard that. Like here and there, like, and mm-hmm. I don't really pay attention, but like, I'll hear, I remember at one of the conventions, like, you know, somebody like, I don't think it was like a question or whatever, like for like a panel, but I think somebody was, I overheard somebody else talking to somebody else sort of thing that they were like, well, you know, cause Tumblr and then Destiel and it was kind of like all, and I was like, hmm, okay. You know, <laughs> interesting. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. It was kind of like a, you know, brief overheard conversation, mm-hmm. but anyways. Um, so it says uh, this smart or wait, hold on. Where am I going? Oh, okay. It says, Dean says to Sam, um, I can't carry your burdens, but I can, or he says, I can carry you. 
Um, it says, Sam teases him for quoting the Lord of the Rings, uh, The Return of the King from 2003. Um, both scenarios are a reference to a story widely considered to be a biblical parable. However, it's not actually in the Bible. Um, the story changes depending on the sermon, but the origin, the origin seems to be a little girl is struggling to carry her baby brother and someone asks if he isn't too heavy for her. What? Um, to which she replies, he's not heavy, he's my brother. Um, it was also the inspiration for the classic song by the Hollies, um, he ain't heavy, he's my brother. Which to me, I think if they were going to go like biblical for it, I would think that it's the, you know, story that all that, you know, the footprints story where everybody's like, oh, you know, the time that there was only one footprints or one yeah. set of footprints in the sand, I was carrying you. That wasn't you walking alone sort of thing. Like to mm-hmm. me, that's kind of where that goes. Mm-hmm. Cause like I was carrying you, not this, yeah. I've never heard that before, but you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I haven't mean, either. Yeah. Whatever. Um, it says, um, when Meg says I have given them the wrong locations that, um, are as empty as Al Capone's vault. Um, this is a dig on Geraldo Rivera, um, who made a sensational claim and had a special show on TV for finding the mystery of Al Capone's vault from 1986 and which had, um, all of one roll of quarters. (laughs) Oh my God. How embarrassing. (laughs) Um, it says, um, in reference to Monty Python and the Holy Grail from 1975, Crowley dismisses his injuries as is just a flesh wound. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. Um, it says, this is the second time um, Dean has been nearly beaten to death by an angel and healed by Castiel after, uh, the first being Lucifer in the season five finale, Swan Song. Ah. Also another bloody face situation. That was a hard, that was hard for me to deal with. I know. Like, I just can't deal with Dean's face being all like busted up. Jacked up. Yeah. Like it bothered me more for sure in Swan Song, but this one still bothered me quite a bit. Yeah. So, um, so our research from this week is, um, from onlyinyourstate.com and it's, um, five urban legends in Missouri that will keep you awake at night. Um, and one of them, which we have talked about is the devil's chair, um, from an earlier season. I don't remember how long ago it was, but so there's going to be a little brief recap of that one, but (laughs) still a good one. Um, so the first one is the devil's chair and it says the devil's chair or simply the haunted chair is a common legend. Uh, but the one specific to Missouri involves what is known as the Baird chair, um, in Kirksville at the Highland park cemetery. Uh, the legend goes that those who sit in the chair at midnight or on Halloween or during a full moon, (laughs) you know, there's a few options (laughs) will either be punished or rewarded for their foolish bravery. Um, other, another legend suggests a hand will rise from a grave and drag you down into hell. (laughs) Yuck. Um, since all devil's chairs are in cemeteries, it's easy to imagine getting spooked by such a tale. Um, however, in truth, the chairs were most likely placed there as monuments or even just places for mourners to sit. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, the second one is Momo the monster, which, okay, not going to lie from the name doesn't seem all that sketchy. (laughs) Wasn't Momo that like internet thing going around that lady with the crazy, like stretched out chin face. And it was like, if God, this was a couple years ago. Yeah. I know what you're talking about, but I don't know if it's the same thing. Cause I never really like knew what that was. Like, I remember seeing the face a couple of times on things, but not like ever an explanation. I read some article that was like, you know, watch your child's internet usage because if they come across this like something will happen and 
not something supernatural. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I can't remember what, but like I showed it to Killian, Mm -hmm. which probably scarred him for life because of terrifying (laughs) looking face. And I was like, have you ever seen this? And he was like, ah, <laughs> I was I like, know no. <laughs> and I was like, if you ever see this, like, tell me right away. And he, you yeah. know, he was probably like three or something. So yeah. yeah, yeah. I heard about that part of it, um, but I remember it being something to the effect of like, not that it would like give you a virus on your computer or whatever, but it was just like there was somebody that was passing that around to scare kids mm-hmm. on like children's YouTube or something like that, you know, so yeah. like, like somebody that was kind of being malicious about, you know, scaring children, but other mm-hmm. than that, it wasn't like anything. Well, it like- worked in the way that I scared my child. <laughs> so <laughs> Good job. Thanks. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> well, it says Momo, which is short for Missouri monster, um, is an urban legend similar to Bigfoot. Uh, supposedly Momo is about seven feet tall with a pumpkin-shaped head, (laughs) glowing orange eyes, furry, and black with long, wiry hair covering its face. Um, It's reported to have uh, a noticeably bad odor and has been seen up and down the Mississippi River. It's said to kill animals and I'm guessing they went, they meant frighten, but they said fighten people (laughs) intentionally. (laughs) I'm gonna go with frighten is what they meant. (laughs) Yeah. Um, the next one is Zombie Road. Um, it says the stories associated with Zombie Road outside of St. Louis are many. Um, while the original name of the road was Lawler Ford Road, um, it started being referred to as Zombie Road in the 1950s. Um, this is perhaps due to the stories of a zombie killer, um, a creepy guy who lived in a shack in the woods who would attack young lovers looking for a place to be alone. <laughs> okay. I don't know. To me, like, why do you like, why would you go out into the woods for that? I don't know. That just seems sketchy. Go out in the woods to make out or to kill people? It says looking for a place to be alone. So I don't oh, know. Oh, to be all, alone. All okay. The, all of the things I would assume. Oh, okay. <laughs> from making out to boffing, you know? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. <laughs> um, it says as the years passed, the chilling stories continued, including ghosts, vanishing, and strange noises. Um, one of the most spine tingling tales may be the frequently retold story about the ghost of a man who was hit by a train and now haunts the area. Uh, the chilling part about that one is that there's a true story in which the wife of a local judge named um, Della Hamilton McCullough or McCullough or something, I don't know, um, was hit by a train and killed in 1876. Um, since there are no other records of anyone else being killed by a train in the area, it's widely believed that Mrs. McCullough um, may just be the famed ghost of Zombie Road. Hmm. um the okay. next one is the corpse under the bed that sounds don't like that I, I don't like that at all yeah <laughs> um it says this legend goes that a couple checked into a hotel and throughout the night noticed a strange odor odor um they called the front desk to complain only to find the source of the smell is something near or under the bed upon further examination a dead body is found stuffed into the box spring uh. <laughs> This is the couple had been sleeping over it all night. Um, the spookiest part of the story is that it has actually happened in a few places, including Kansas City. Um, the body of a man was found at the Capri Motel in 2003. Jeez. That would be the worst to like, but here's the thing is how would you not smell it before then? I don't know. Maybe I want, I mean, maybe it's like past its odor 
phase, you know? And, but if you're still smelling it though, and that's how, and maybe like, it. just cause they're like laying on top of it, like super close to it. Maybe you had to get super close to it to smell it. Yeah. I don't know. But like through a mattress, cause it's not in the mattress. It's in the box spring. Right. 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 You're still so, close to it laying down. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah. That's true. Yeah. I feel like you would smell it more coming out from underneath the bed than through the bed, mm-hmm. but whatever I don't like any of the options (laughs) (laughs) I don't like any of it (laughs) um so the last one it's it's the Lemp Mansion um it says the Lemp Mansion currently operates as a restaurant and inn um and even the site of a murder mystery dinner theater (laughs) Um, many people flock here to see if they can observe something creepy um this 19th century mansion in St. Louis is said to be one of the most haunted places in America um Based on several suicides and other deaths within the Lemp family at this house, um, the building is said to be haunted by several of their spirits. Um, for example, the attic is said to be haunted by the monkey-faced boy, um, who oh. is actually the illegitimate son of William Lemp Jr. Um, he had been hidden away to de- avoid disgrace due to the scandal of being born of an affair, and because he had been born deformed, um, which it says actually he was born with Down syndrome um that's really sad yeah like that's that sucks but yeah that's uh that's our research for today (laughs) (laughs) why do we have to end on that (laughs) i know like not a great place to end but you know well we were i'm not sure how it came up um but we were like when are we ever going to research haunted toilets (laughs) (laughs) well because what because you looked up the Lemp mansion and there was something about no i looked up haunted toilets <laughs> and then yeah there was something about the and there was something in the Lemp mansion yeah and oh, so i, I thought was, you looked up the Lemp mansion and then found a haunted bathroom and then went from there no uh, oh, okay i just googled haunted bathroom <laughs> <laughs> i don't know uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah and and that came up and um there wasn't really anything i can't remember exactly what was haunted about the toilet but it was a really sad story it went on forever about the lemp mansion and it was just like people killing dogs and everyone killing themselves and it was just it was a horrible it's like no thank you yeah and I was like where's the where's the bathroom like what's what's haunted about the bathroom I just want to know about the bathroom I know is it is it involving the toilet <laughs> I need to because know. we might finally get our answer from the very first season about can toilet water actually kill you (laughs) and haunted toilet water kill you (laughs) haunted toilet water can totally kill you I mean I I feel like it would have to be a very specific way of it killing you I don't think that it couldn't kill you yeah (laughs) yeah but I still don't think that your butt is gonna touch the water even if it rises all the way to the edge (laughs) of the bowl because then you've still got the seat on top of that yeah I I don't know about you but my butt doesn't hang that far into the bowl (laughs) (laughs) mine doesn't either (laughs) but but if it's if it's haunted water yeah it will come up and envelop you know your sweet hiney so I mean I guess it could like rise up and like you know envelop you in general yeah not because like your butt's hanging in there and that's what right yeah yeah yeah. you're not getting a supernatural anima (laughs) (laughs) oh my god that'd be the worst Oh, okay. So our agent and asked about moment for today is a combined one. 
Uh-huh. Because so we had to finish this episode, you know, after I went back home. But um while we were together, we went over to one of my favorite Thai restaurants in over by where you are. Mm-hmm. And not that it's like I wouldn't call it super authentic. It's just really good quality. You know, like you can tell that everything that they make is like fresh as far as like veggies and all that sort of stuff go. Like you don't have problems with like meat being super gristly or fatty or anything like that. Like it's just good quality stuff. Yeah. Um, and one of my favorite things there is fresh rolls um, mm-hmm. with the peanut dipping sauce, <laughs> which yep. I can practically drink that stuff. Me too. Um, so every time I go over to Lynn's house, I'm like, I need this, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. At some point in this weekend, I need this, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. And so we, you know, we're, we're like, okay, we're going to have it for lunch this day, blah, blah, blah. I go to call to place the order and I'm, it's during like their lunch hours, I guess, which, okay. I used to go over there all the time. Cause I worked right next to them. Um, yeah. Sorry, Steve is eating my headphone cords. I just had to pry it out of his oh. mouth. Um, but yeah, we, uh, you know, we went to like, the, the, I went to call and I'm like, okay, can we get an order uh, or two of these fresh rolls? And they're like, well, we don't serve those during lunch. And I'm sitting there going like, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> That's a weird like item to be like, oh, this isn't a lunch item. Like- I know. Well, and it's so strange to me because I went over there for lunch, like every, like once a week when I was working up there across the street mm-hmm. and I would get them all the time for lunch. And I'm like, yeah. okay, so like what's going on right now? <laughs> you know? But like, the thing is, is like all of their other appetizer things are available during lunch other than that one, you know, which maybe they were just out of it, but I don't know why they wouldn't just say that. Like, I know it's like, you can be out of that. That's fine. But like, don't tell me that it's not available at lunch. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. To me, like, I feel like they wouldn't say that it's not available for lunch if it wasn't available for lunch, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't think they would, I think they would just say that they were out if they were out. Next time we go there, um, we'll do the lunch thing again and we'll call them and see if they say the same thing. And if they do, then we'll be like, oh, we'll call back for dinner time. And yeah. so you can get them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, cause now I'm like, I need them. And I was very disappointed because those ass butts changed their menu. <laughs> and I didn't get my peanut sauce. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm sorry that happened to you. (laughs) I mean, there have been worse things that have happened to me in my life, for sure. (laughs) I was looking forward to it for a couple of weeks leading up to this. So I was kind of disappointed, but whatever. There is always another time. It can happen some other day. Yeah, it's just weird and suspicious, you know, the way they went about it. So I don't know why you would take that off the menu and leave everything, all the other appetizers. Literally all the other options. Yeah. 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 So, doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense to me either. Something's but, going on. Yeah. Hmm. Whatever. I guess I'll get over it someday. <laughs> Maybe I'll just like call them anyway and just be like, I need to order this and like only order that for lunch yeah. and see what they say. Yeah. Be like, I just want this. Thanks. And they'll be like, oh, sorry, it's not available. <sighs> Whatever. <laughs> and if they 
do say that it is available, I'm going to be big mad. <laughs> yep. I'm going to have some emotions. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, so one thing we did not mention earlier and should have is that um, um, Rochelle just mentioned that we started this episode in person and finished it on Zoom. So uh, the quality has probably changed drastically <laughs> from the first half of, you know, the first part of the episode. <laughs> yeah. So sorry. <laughs> All right. We, we will try our best to try and get together more now so we can have yes. some better sound quality episodes. Flash, yeah. I think they might just be, I think we talk more and like go off on tangents more, which I mean, depending on the person listening could be a good or a bad thing. I know. Do you guys like that? Or do you want us to just like shut up and read our content? Like you should <laughs> probably email us and let us know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I sometimes like at this point, we just, this is just kind of us. So that's true. <laughs> I feel like it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. This is what you get. <laughs> Well, thank you for listening to us and our shenanigans. You can email us at idgitsandaspotspodcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram under Idgits and Aspects, a supernatural podcast. Make sure to rate and review us on iTunes and send us your Idgit and Aspect moments for a chance to hear your story on our podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.